you will be able to adapt more than you probably think you can to step out of your comfort zone you know it's I mean, it's an amazing experience and being able to see the joy of, you know, the Peruvian, their faces when we got there that we were willing to go and help them. And even during the flood, and then we had to go mm-hmm. and walk through the, the water that was like up to our knees and everything that it was, it, it was definitely a great experience to, to be a part of and not to hesitate to, mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Piet Stridham, in for Byron Tyler. I'm the founder and executive director for The Liquid Legacy. We're a Christ-centered nonprofit here in Memphis, based in Memphis, but we do most of our work in South America, down in Peru, as well as in Abaco, Bahamas. And I'm excited today to have uh, two guests on the show with us. We've got Will Curry and Hannah Gary. They literally came fresh off the boat as we just completed about a week ago a uh, medical missions trip down to Peru with The Liquid Legacy. And so thank you guys for coming in. I'm glad to have you guys on the show here with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. And thank you for coming on the trip. It was a little bit of a crazy one. Just to give you folks a, a little bit of context, one of the medical trips that we do every year, usually in February when the rivers are high in Peru in the jungles, where we go, we fly into a little town called Pucallpa. A little town. It's about 750,000 people, but it's open sewer city, mostly dirt roads. And as we found out when we landed there this year, when it rains, it rains and everything is muddy and washed out. And it was an adventure just to get to the boat. And uh, a February medical trip that we go on that these guys came on was uh, going out on a large boat. We travel north, uh, downriver. The river flows north. And uh, we visit various villages deep into the jungle area that are usually very remote villages. During the high water, we're able to access them with a large boat, and we put on medical clinics. And so that was kind of the adventure we set out on. Uh, Right from the get-go when arriving there, it was a bit of adventure getting on the boat. Maybe uh, just give folks a little bit of context on who you guys are, how you came to be on this crazy trip with us. Start with you, Hannah. Okay. I am a scribe at Shea Clinic, at an ear-nose throat clinic. This was my third trip to Peru, Um, my first doing the boat trip into the jungle, which was... Definitely an adventure, but it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, yeah and my connection really is, is layers and layers deep. Yeah. Um, it kind of starts with a gentleman by the name of Dr. David Lewis, who is mm-hmm. AJ, who you had on the show last week, his predecessor at Crosslink. Um, I did some trips with him years ago and worked for Crosslink for about a year as an intern, and that was kind of my initial um, interactions with medical missions. When working with them, I just had this desire to get back and do some clinical training. Mm -hmm. Um, Wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to do, but after some time in prayer and meeting some folks, decided to go the PA route. So it took a few years off of medical mission work, went to PA school, and then just had a hunger to get back into medical missions and reconnected with AJ, who I'd met Mm -hmm. through Dr. Lewis. um, And he told me about the work in Peru. And I was super excited. It kind of checked all the boxes of what I was looking for for medical missions in terms of, you know, already being deeply rooted in a an area, having an established ministry, having a medical component, um, Mm -hmm. but also that medical component just being one portion of of a greater kind of vision and Mm -hmm. goal. And yeah, AJ invited me and there was no hesitation. I jumped (laughs) on board. Um, My wife was all for it and the rest is is history. That's awesome. Now, one of the cool things, and I don't know if you know this, but Dr. Lewis was instrumental in helping us launch the Liquid Legacy. Sure. Through a good friend of mine, uh, um, John Wolfong, I was introduced to Mm -hmm. Dr. Lewis and uh, sat down with him with kind of a, uh, a business plan, if you will, of the ministry of what we wanted to do. I'd been involved in the ministry down in Peru for some time at that point. 
felt the need to launch something uh, independent from any church or other organization in order to kind of work with multiple churches and organizations and uh, sat down with Dr. Lewis and said, you know, this is my idea. I hear you're the guy to kind of pick yeah. it apart. Yeah. We went through it, and at the end of a 30-minute meeting, he just said, uh, game on, let's do this. Yeah. And um, we were able to launch Liquid Legacy with a partnership. At that point, he was with Wise Heart Foundation, and so uh, they helped us get off the ground. So he's, he's instrumental in that. So really cool to see how that kind of comes full circle and ties back into uh, having you on the boat. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually worked a little bit with Wiseheart for a time with him as well. So I was helping kind of with some of your books and, and me and my wife were at High Point when you were over at High Point. Oh, so yeah. I, I had kind of this distant awareness of the Liquid mm-hmm. Legacy and the work you guys were doing. It's just kind of all come full circle. This was that. meant to be. Yeah, meant to be. <laughs> meant to be. <laughs> Sorry, Hannah, we'll get over that part for, <laughs> for now. And Hannah, it was great. You, this is the third time with mm-hmm. us on a trip to Peru. Yeah. All three of them have been medical trips. Mm-hmm. The boat was a little different from what right. you usually yeah. Yeah. Uh, experience on a medical missions trip. Mm-hmm. How is that different for you from previous ones? Previously, we would go, you know, to local villages that were, you know, we could reach by driving there, just kind of nearby. This one was definitely a lot more exciting <laughs> with the with the flooding. And it was just neat to reach them because knowing that they're not often reached mm-hmm. because they are harder to get to those people and seeing how happy they were that we were, you know, willing to go down the river to meet with them, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to provide care for them. Um, so that was that was definitely a lot different, but a lot of, a lot of excitement. Yeah, so, a lot yeah. of fun. Uh-huh. And to give folks a little context, you know, we flew from Memphis to to Atlanta, and then from Atlanta down to Lima, Peru, overnight flight, and then uh, after a couple hours in the uh, in the airport there. Enjoyed a good cup of coffee and a, and a nice empanada. Yeah. I think I sold everybody on those empanadas. Yeah, we uh, We took a short flight over the Andes Mountains into Pacalpa, which is a large port city in the jungles of, of Peru. Uh, we're close to the Brazil border. And then uh, we got on this boat. How would you describe the boat? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> um, very primitive. Very basic. Um not quite as advertised, I must say. We we saw some pictures in advance of, of mm-hmm. the trip, and those pictures we came to find out were a few years old. Yeah. A little more rust on the boat. Yeah, the pandemic has not been kind to the boat. Yeah, I think yeah. the photos were edited before. Yeah, quite a bit. A lot of Photoshop <laughs> yeah. went into some of the pictures yeah. we saw. You know, it, it lacked a lot of our comforts, but, mm-hmm. you know, it got us from point A to point B. She it's, floated. Yeah, she yeah. floated. <laughs> we had some issues taking off. A uh, yeah. little delayed there. But, you know, the Lord just blessed us. He, he provided everything we needed, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it made for a great week. It, I mean, the close quarters there allowed us to connect so much mm-hmm. better. We spent a lot of time together. You know, by the end of the week, you knew everybody's name. You yeah. knew their story. You know their history, and um, it was really a blessing. Yeah, it's an incredible thing. And, you know, there was 19 of us flying out of Memphis. Um, I think all of us were from the greater Memphis area. And then uh, we met up with the Peruvian team that consisted of a Peruvian doctor, some Peruvian nurses. We obviously had some translators um, that were with us, and then uh, a few pastors from the Shapibo Church Association that we work with in Pacalpa and in that region. All in all, we were about 40 people on the team with support staff, and then there was a boat crew. We had a full kitchen crew that fed us really well and kept us fed. We ate a lot of food. 
So we all got on this boat and then headed north, and we expected to visit five or six villages. Um, we only were able to get to four of these villages due to the flooding. Um, we're used to the rivers being high this time of the year, but uh, we had some technical difficulties. Well, you hate it when they say technical difficulties. <laughs> we got there, and the boat didn't have a prop and a rudder. And, um, you know, it took some time to get those things sorted out, and, and it's just part of what happens sometimes when you work in these uh, in these countries and in these environments. But I would say our team was so flexible in, yeah. in making, you know, kind of changes on the fly for that. At the end of the day, we weren't able to get to all the villages that we wanted to, and some of the villages were less folks in it because of the flooding. Normally, the rivers are up. You know, I was there two years ago on that same boat in some of these same villages, and we pulled up to a bank that was 10, 15 feet high still. And this time around, we came to the same villages, and they were a foot underwater. Mm. One of the clinics, we had to trek through the water to get to the church where we set up clinics. So as somebody who's thinking about uh, going on a medical mission or even listening to this going, one the world was that like what's kind of your input on that i would say don't hesitate just if you have the desire to go then then go and be you know the hands and feet of jesus and and you will be able to adapt more than you probably think you can to step out of your comfort zone you know it's I mean, it's an amazing experience and being able to see the joy of, you know, the Peruvian, their faces when we got there that we were willing to go and help them. And even during the flood, and then we had to go mm-hmm. and walk through the, the water that was like up to our knees and everything that it was, it, it was definitely a great experience to, to be a part of and not to hesitate to, mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And do you feel like medically, you know, Will, especially you came in as a PA, we had you and we had one other doctor and then the Peruvian doctor as well to kind of support the clinics. What are some of the things that you saw there? Yeah. A lot of it was routine things I see here every day. A lot Mm -hmm. of diabetes, a lot of skin infections, a lot of ocular eye issues parasitic gastrointestinal Mm -hmm. infections, which I don't see much of. I had to familiarize (laughs) myself with quite a bit, but a lot of routine things. But most of these things are are things that we would go to the nearest urgent care and get Mm -hmm. treated, or we would take a simple medication that doesn't cost us very much. Mm -hmm. Um, But down there, they just don't have that access. I mean, we saw probably half a dozen patients who had diabetes that was just terribly uncontrolled, where here they would be in a hospital for days on end, getting IV medications, but down there, it's just not an option. Yeah. They don't have the access. They don't have the funding, the resources, you know, so they're just trying to make it really. Yeah. Um, And we had to get creative. I mean, a lot of the medications, the antibiotics, the diabetes medicines we had, we knew we weren't doing a whole lot. I mean, long term, um, they're going to need so much more than just that. But just being able to meet a need, even if for a short time, mm-hmm. was such a blessing. Um, and they're so thankful. Yeah. So thankful. You know, here, some patients, you know, they're, they're just not happy. They, they want their problem fixed right now. But, you know, even giving a Tylenol or ibuprofen to somebody with chronic back pain to the Peruvian people, they're, they're so gracious and so yeah. thankful and just so aware that you care about them. That you would come thousands of miles and enter into their culture, into mm-hmm. their home. Um, and offer that love through medicine. It's it's really a sweet experience. Yeah. You know, a lot of times folks would look at it and go, well, what about the, the long-term care yeah. and those kind of things? Yeah. But for a lot of them, it, it's just the knowledge. Yeah. Uh, you know, they didn't know they had diabetes. They right. didn't know why they felt the way they felt. Right. They didn't know it was wrong. And even if we're not able to make a long-term change that we would make normally here, you know, we wouldn't be able to give them the same care we would give them in the U.S., yeah. We're able to give them that knowledge of why they feel the way they feel, why they, yeah. they struggle the way they struggle. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've read the books. I've read the When Helping Hurts and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. And there's 
there's some truth to a lot of what's mm-hmm. being said in books like that. But you know what? We went down there and we shared the love of Christ through yeah. simple medical mm-hmm. care. Some of those people may not live long term with some of the illnesses mm-hmm. they have. But I hope just from us being there and us trying to listen to them, even if the medical care isn't there for them long term. Yeah. You know, one of the cool things that we've been able to do in Peru specifically that I think speaks to that is everything we do is through the local church. You know, most of those villagers, even though we've, as Liquid Legacy, we've gone to those same villages multiple times with medical clinics. None of them would know who Liquid Legacy is. They know my face. They know the face of the Americans coming from Memphis. Uh, in a lot of ways, they know Memphis is, mm-hmm. is what they know because we've been coming so often. But for for us to show up at the invite of the local church in that village and um, the local pastor that introduces us to the villagers and to the village chief. And so when we are able to do that and work alongside the local church, it speaks to that greater greater good, the, the greater purpose of being there. Yes, we're there to help with the medical, and some of the things we do is maybe just a short-term help. Some of it is, is more of a long-term. We sometimes find patients that we can make a very big impact on in that moment. But the bigger picture is we're enabling the local church, empowering the local church to have more credibility and, a, and an open door in the village that they otherwise wouldn't normally have, which is just a really cool thing to to be a part of and to see happen. Yeah. And I think if you even look at the ministry of Jesus in Scripture, he didn't heal every single person he interacted with. He chose select few, and he was very judicious in that, but he Mm -hmm. allowed those people to then be messengers of his gospel. And I think that's similar to what, you know, we've had the privilege to do. We can't heal every single person we interact Mm -hmm. with. We won't even see every single person that has a medical need, but just through maybe a few, hey, we have no idea where what the Lord can do with that and and, and allow his his gospel to be shared amongst Mm -hmm. that people. That's a powerful thing. It's kind of amazing to be partnered with the church down there because without them, we wouldn't be able to do what yeah. we do. Yeah. And having the translators, and that was definitely, if without the <laughs> translators, we wouldn't be able to, no. definitely wouldn't be able to do what we did. So, Yeah, and it's interesting with the translators because sometimes we go, you know, for the most part, folks speak Spanish down there. Mm-hmm. And so I think we had a few on the team from Memphis that had a little bit of Spanish mm-hmm. under their belt and could come yeah. come away with a little conversations here and there. But it was great having the translators that are Peruvians that, that speak English better than I speak Spanish for sure <laughs> yeah. and was able to translate. And then every now and then uh, the people group that we work amongst is, um, for the most part, is the Shipibos. Mm-hmm. Every now and then we'd come across an elderly person mm-hmm. that that only spoke Shipibo. We find ourselves in those interesting yeah. situations where you have three translators. Yeah, right? that, that definitely happened at one point. I How think was it was that the experience? First. It was kind of neat to see, though. I mean, it was um, difficult at first because yeah. you're like, I hope everything's getting <laughs> translated all the way through correctly. But it was it was really neat to mm-hmm. be able to have three translators because otherwise there was not gonna yeah there was not gonna be much it feels you know, communication feels a little bit like playing telephone yeah it right. did yeah, right. it did. yeah exactly <laughs> I have to ask the question three different ways to right. make sure you get the yeah. right answer yeah. Yeah. Um, no it's and anything that sticks out to you guys in terms of more you know I think about the lady with the glass in her foot or yeah. things like that that we came across on this trip that otherwise would have gone untreated and gotten really bad yeah, I mean, that was the big one, I think, was was her, that glass in her foot um, leading to further issues. We had a few other abscesses we saw, or simple things, again, that here get treated in urgent care. And yeah. some of these people had been living months, if not years, with, with those situations. 
you know, a few orthopedic injuries that we, we happened to see. And luckily we had an orthopedic doctor on yeah. the trip yeah. who was able to connect some dots there and give him some good advice. I saw him given um, a prescription for yoga at one point. And he was in the middle <laughs> of the clinic demonstrating whatever pose he was he was trying to express. Um, and, and then some eye issues, some folks mm-hmm. that, you know, had just spent a lot of time out in the sun, looking into the sun every day and just trying to educate them on how to protect their eyes. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully we can get them some glasses in the near future to, to provide some extra protection. Yeah. And we had the little girl that had mumps. Yeah. That was also, you know, you don't see that here in the States. You know, and ironically, the orthopedic yeah. doctor is the one that noticed right. that. He <laughs> doesn't know how to use a stethoscope, but he he called out mumps from he across the clinics. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess Ben had a purpose on that trip. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> to catch that mumps. I guess. <laughs> to catch the mumps, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's probably, a, you know, from a medical perspective, I'm not a medical professional, contrary to popular belief on the team. <laughs> Is that something that is appealing to you guys as medical folks going on a trip like that and being able to see things like mumps that you normally would never come across in the States and suddenly you have you have it right in front of you? Uh, it was definitely interesting. Um, I mean, I didn't catch it at first. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I just hadn't seen that, and that's not something we see here. Yeah. Will just said, been catching it. I mean, that was once he caught it and said, oh, this is what it is. It was classic case. It's yeah. like, oh, all the kind of lines like lined up. It's definitely interesting and, and requires you to use more clinical judgment than you have to use sometimes yeah. here. Uh, but then the, the flip side of that is we were seeing very routine, basic things that mm-hmm. we see here every day. And, you know, uh, some of the medicine that we would we would give these patients down here, we knew would work, you know, whereas yeah. here antibiotics, we take antibiotics <laughs> five <laughs> times a year for everything and they lose their strength, they lose mm-hmm. their power. But down here you had a little more confidence, you know, hey, I think we can handle this with even yeah. the most basic of antibiotics because we couldn't take everything down there with us. No. But even with a handful of different antibiotics, you could treat any kind of infection you would see mm-hmm. just because these patients are not overexposed or, or, or resistant, as we might say, to yeah. some of those medications. Yeah, you might find somebody who's in their 30s or 40s even had never taken antibiotics. Right, right, exactly. exactly. Um, and so then it's it's real potent for them. We see that even with this simple thing as ibuprofen. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, you know, I'll pop four of those if I have a bad <laughs> headache, wonder if it's going to touch it. Right. Um, but you give them two ibuprofen out there and it makes a big difference. We also had the, uh, we had a, a Peruvian, two Peruvian dentists with us. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys got a chance to go and see the dental clinic in the engine room. Which yeah. <laughs> I think we heard them a few times. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but amazing to uh, to see you know Peruvian dentists come along with us and and give up their time and their practice to be able to serve along of us in that way. Um, and I just love that partnership we have with the locals on that. It's not yeah. just us coming in as uh, as the white saviors trying to do everything exactly. we do. Exactly, yeah. um, we work alongside with them, which is a really cool thing to do. What was maybe the most challenging thing for you guys on this trip? Well, I'll be honest, and it's interesting you have the two of us on here because our relationship didn't start just that great. You know, we're two days into the trip. Every nurse, every EMT, everybody else has been asking me clinical questions like, hey, what would you do about this? How would you handle this? Mm -hmm. Not Hannah. She's just she's rolling. She'd see a patient. She'd know what's going on. She'd head over to the pharmacy and take care of it. And I'm thinking, like, does she not like me? Is she a know-it-all? Like, what's going on here? So day three rolls around. Second, third patient in the morning, she raises her hand and says, hey, come over here. And after I pick my jaw up off the floor and walk over, <laughs> finally it happened. She, she starts laying out what's going on with this patient and asking me what I think. And we talk about it and come to a kind of a conclusion. Well, meanwhile, the guy that had been working with her said, yeah, that's what Hannah already thought anyway. She just wanted to confirm with you. But no, getting to know her better and just kind of her experience and the different mm-hmm. jobs she's had. I mean, it was 
no surprise that she just has a wealth of knowledge um, and was able to use that yeah. in this setting. But I think the the challenge initially when you go on a trip like this is just letting your guard down, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. being yourself around people. You know, I, I knew distantly of a few people that came with us on the trip from Memphis, yeah. but had never gotten to know them. And, you know, just through being vulnerable and having some mm-hmm. tough conversations. I mean, I stayed up late one night with a guy having a conversation and then sat next to somebody else on a plane having a conversation that, you know, I may have never had here in Memphis. But yeah. take us thousands of miles away to the Amazon jungle where <laughs> yeah. we have nothing that makes us feel comfortable. The Lord just created that space and it, yeah. was, it was really cool. I felt like that was a difference in the previous Peru trips. Is mm-hmm. Since we were on the boat, you were constantly with each other. And so a lot more conversations were had with yeah. our team as well as the Peruvians that yeah. were working with us on the yeah. boat. And so instead of just getting back and just kind of staying with your certain group of people, you're getting to meet and get to know a lot of people yeah. a lot better than you would on the other trips I've yeah. gone on. Yeah. yeah, there's not really escape yeah. on, right. on yeah. the boat. You know, we, we have bunk rooms that everybody shares unless you're sleeping up top in the mosquito <laughs> net uh, and a hammock, um, which I think there was four or five of us crazy enough to do that every night. But yeah, there's no real escape from that. One of the things I love about it is how uh, both the American team, our Memphis group and the Peruvian group just becomes one team. Yeah. You know, on that first day you kind of see everybody sit opposite yeah. side in the yeah. Dining room, and by you know day three, it's it's a full yeah. integration that's happened, mm-hmm. um, and that's always a cool thing. Do you feel like you've gotten to know some Peruvians and made some friends there? Yeah, for sure. I have four or five of my Marty friends with on Facebook, yeah. and I'm yeah. you know telling my wife stories and interactions <laughs> I had with, yeah. with some of them, and yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. lifelong, hopefully lifelong yeah. connections yeah. and friendships there. Yeah, that's yeah. been neat too. When I've gone back, is getting to see some mm-hmm. of the ones I hadn't seen, and I mean talking to them about you know. Over since I hadn't seen them since pre-COVID, or you know, yeah. so it was neat to you know reconnect outside of Facebook and yeah. you know see them and ask about their kids and how things have been. So that was yeah. really neat. That's a cool thing to mm-hmm. see. That's really cool. I know for me, uh, you know, I love the adventure side of it. You know, this is not a trip that I would say is for everybody. Sure. You know, I yeah. think we've got medical trips. I know that you've been on mm-hmm. where we stay at Casa Shea, aptly named after Dr. Shea here in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and we can unpack that a little later, but you know, that's a lot more comfortable, I would say, of a trip, uh, where we yeah. stay at our compound for a better lack of words, uh, where we have nice rooms, air conditioning, yeah. really nice bathrooms, hot water, the whole deal. There's a pool, beautiful garden, a lot more comfortable. Yeah. setting to be in and then we spend the days out in those villages right. and kind of the surrounding area but every night you know you're coming back to comfort right. on the boat trip not so much <laughs> so it's definitely not a trip for yeah. everyone yeah, um, what is it that made you want to go on the more adventurous side of things and, and go on this luxury cruise liner once <laughs> yeah <laughs> for me you know I've, I've been blessed to be able to do several different mission trips i mean one a few years ago i got to go to tanzania and i was on the border of the serengeti but it was the same thing i had nothing like yeah. all my comforts were taken from me and i have found in my life that the more that gets taken from me the the more growth the lord is mm-hmm. able to create in me and that was just part of my motivation here part of it was i, I wanted to get to peru like i got yeah. talked to aj so many times i'd gotten to know you and i just i felt led to be a part of the mm-hmm. one of these trips to Peru and that was the next one up but yeah. the other part of it was like I, I was excited to just be challenged in this way and to have so many of my daily comforts and routines just stripped for a week mm-hmm. so that I could yeah. just see the Lord work I was sad even on our last <laughs> day getting off the boat when we were headed to Casa Shea for that next night or whatever. Yeah. I was kind of like, man, I've kind of gotten used to staying on the boat. <laughs> I kind of like this. You know, it's just yeah. kind of a simpler life, you know, and yeah. it's just so mm. pretty and, you know, getting to see the Amazon and just seeing, like I said, a simpler way of life. Yeah. And 
showering in <laughs> in the river water was, you know, it was fine, but still different. It's different. Yeah, I think at one point we had jumped off the front, and uh, somebody handed me a bar of soap. <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah. like, you know, it's time to wash up. There Might as go. well. Yeah, uh, as well. This time with the flooding, we had to do clinic on the nose of the boat every day. We had a little space there. Initially, it was a, a negative for me. This is not how we planned this to be. And I love going out into the villages. At the end of the day, I think it added something to that close proximity. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. for you, will having to. You know, we've got clinics set up and all these different stations with nurses and EMTs seeing everybody and it made it easy for you because you can kind of just stand right there and see everybody and see where you're most needed. Yeah, and I I think that just speaks to the adaptability of this group down there. You know, we we heard on the front end, hey, be (laughs) adaptable, nothing strict, nothing set, just to watch this team adapt. I mean, we were cramped. We were back to back on the front end of that boat. That close proximity, I think, was very helpful to be able to feel like we were all a part of the same thing with each individual patient. And then to see the Peruvians like, you know, mm-hmm. they on their pecky-pecky, their boats coming yeah. to us as soon as they saw our glorious boat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coming down the river. <laughs> uh, you know, them coming to us, so welcoming to us, yeah. you know. And, you know, it, it took effort from their side to come to clinic. Yeah. We got to see that firsthand, both the ones on the pecky-peckies, the, the kind of motorized boats that they have. Mm-hmm. You know, you see them come out with a little dugouts and everything else from mm-hmm. their house, and they have yeah. to get from their house off of a deck onto the boat and row over because everything is flooded. And you realize what they have to go through to get to clinic. But also, as much as we didn't have our creature comforts on the boat, we had air conditioning and we had food and we had bathrooms, sort of. of. Um, (laughs) But compared to what we saw in the villages there, it was still vastly different. And we got to pop in and that's daily life for them. Yeah, the first few days I was challenged, I was even in interacting with some of the patients with diabetes, I was wanting to counsel them on changing their diet and mm-hmm. doing this and doing that. And then I'm sitting here thinking like, what am I talking about? Like they, yeah. they don't have that option. They can't go and get good protein sources and quit eating <laughs> yeah. so many sugars. I mean, that's yeah. just their life. You enter into their environment a little bit and see what their daily life is like. And it humbles you. You have to kind of change your outlook on life. And especially if you want to try to educate them in any way, you've mm-hmm. got to understand what they deal with day in and day out. It's even brought me back home, kind of changing the way I view medical care and interacting with patients. Being a little more empathetic, I think, is the word that would be trying to enter into their situation as I interact with them. Yeah. These trips really do have an impact and God uses them to change our perspective, change the way we see the world around us. Sadly, time has flown by with you guys. And um, I know we can sit and talk for the next two hours probably about these stories, but thank you guys for coming in. Appreciate you guys not just coming in, but being part of the team. We had an incredible trip. Listeners, if you are interested in what we do and, and interested in even coming on a trip, you can find us, theliquidlegacy.org, theliquidlegacy.org, or you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, The Liquid Legacy Project, especially on uh, Facebook and Instagram. You can see some of the photos, some of the uh, stories of this past trip if you want to see what the Evangelista, the uh, luxury <laughs> cruise liner, looks like uh, in real life, unedited. There's plenty of photos on our social media for that. So just find us there, the Liquid Legacy Project on social media. Thank you for coming on a trip. I can't wait to have you guys back out on a trip again. You're both coming back, right? Of course. You believe it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Hopefully Hannah won't take three days to ask you a question. <laughs> Hopefully not. I think Hopefully we're on speaking terms. Yeah, yeah, we are now. <laughs> again, my name is Piet Stridham. I'm the founder and executive director for the Liquid Legacy. Standing in for Byron Tyler, today's Mid-South Viewpoint. Hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm.